Hi, I'm Khalila Reynolds, and welcome to another edition of Taking Stock Live. Remember, we're bringing you all the latest business news and telling you how it will affect you and your money. Now, don't forget to head on over to my website, khalilareynolds.com, once this live has ended to get my newsletter straight to your inbox twice a week. Now, come on, let's get this money. Trans-Jamaican Highway stock is finally moving up after trading below IPO price for more than two years. But does this mean they'll now change their lucrative dividend policy? It does pay a healthy dividend, a very attractive dividend yield um, that they pay out. And obviously um, that was due to the lack of performance in the, in the, in the stock price. So when you say that was due to the stock not performing the dividend, so where, the dividend where, yield, you, is it that you think that that is going to change now that the stock um, is starting to appreciate? Yeah, we'll find out from Managing Director of Trans-Jamaican Highway, Ivan Anderson. We'll also get an update on the highway's latest projections. And the analysts weigh in on the latest market developments. Carib Cement's earnings have been slowed by high energy prices and hefty royalties to its parent company. Sagicor Investments will be acquiring Alliance Investments' client list, and overseas, S&P 500 companies with more global exposure are reporting higher earnings growth in Q1. We'll discuss. But first, here's What's Hot, brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers, your best interest at heart. The Office of Utilities Regulation says it did not approve an 11.7% rate increase for National Water Commission customers. The NWC announced last week that the OUR had approved the increase, which would be reflected on customers' bills starting May. However, the utilities regulator said the rate adjustment will not have any new impact on customers' monthly bills. The OUR explained that base rates that determine the price adjustment mechanism for the NWC are adjusted every year. The PAM is a rate applied to customers' monthly bills for water and sewage services and is based on movements in three key areas. According to the OUR, the figure shown on bills each month reflects the difference between its approved base rates and the actual rates for these areas. The OUR said the base rate of 11.7% is just an update of the base rates which more accurately reflects current costs. Oil and gas company ExxonMobil says it made three new oil discoveries last week off the coast of Guyana. According to the company, these discoveries bring Guyana's recoverable oil and gas potential to nearly 11 billion barrels. Last week, Guyana sold 1 million barrels of crude oil for 106 US dollars per barrel to Exxon. Exxon and its partners control almost all of the country's oil and gas output. Guyana has emerged as a key source for Exxon's future production, with 31 oil discoveries in the Stabrock block so far. Exxon and its partners say they plan to pump 1.2 million barrels of oil and gas per day from the block by 2027. Sagicor has purchased another piece of the troubled alliance group. Sagicor invests said it's buying Alliance Investments' client list. Earlier this year, Sagicor Group also acquired 100% of Alliance Financial Services from principals Peter and Robert Chin. AFSL's license and operations were suspended by the Bank of Jamaica last year after the Chin's AIML and Alliance Finance Limited were all charged for breaches of the BOJ, banking services and proceeds of crime acts. The Central African Republic has become the second country to adopt Bitcoin as legal currency. El Salvador was the first to do it in September 2021. The latest decision means that Bitcoin will coexist as legal tender along with the Central African franc, CFA. The Central African Republic has a population of approximately 4.7 million people. It ranks as one of the world's poorest and least developed places. About 71% of the population live below the poverty line. The country's government said the law is designed to open new opportunities for the country. However, the move has faced some pushback as only 4% of the population has access to the internet. Tests 
Tesla's stock price fell 12% last week after news emerged that its CEO, Elon Musk, had sold roughly 8.5 billion U.S. dollars worth of shares. According to filings from America's Securities and Exchange Commission, Musk sold almost 10 million shares of his electric vehicle company in the three days following his announcement that Twitter had accepted his offer to buy the company. Last week, the board of Twitter accepted Musk's offer for to buy the company at $54.20 U.S. per share, which totals approximately $44 billion U.S. dollars. The deal is still awaiting shareholder and regulatory approval. The filings did not reveal the reason Musk sold his shares. However, analysts believe he is raising funds to secure Twitter's purchase. In addition to the money earned from the sale of his shares, the Tesla and SpaceX CEO has already reportedly secured $25.5 billion US of fully committed debt, including $12.5 billion US in loans against his Tesla stock. According to the Commission's filings, Musk would have to pay Twitter a termination fee of $1 billion US if he fails to secure enough funding to complete his deal to buy the company. What's Heart was brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers, your best interest at heart. Spurtree stock is up 300% in just three months since its IPO. And Fesca stock is up 1,000% since IPO a year ago. $10,000 invested in Fesco a year ago would be worth $100,000 today. And while these results aren't guaranteed, you need to learn how to start investing so that the next opportunity doesn't miss you. Take my Investing for Beginners Masterclass and learn the basics about stock market investing, how to decide what to invest in, and how to get started at kalilareynolds.com masterclass. But wait, there's more. Get my broker guide, stocks tracker, and free access to my newsletter when you subscribe today. Go to kalilareynolds.com slash masterclass. Let's get this money. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. And download today. Register using your existing NCB online banking login credentials. To open an account or get more info, contact our Wealth Hub today. Let's get this money. So let me see where you guys are joining from tonight. I see Miles Caleb is in Maypen Clarendon tuning in. Damien Hibbert says, let's get this money. I like the way you think, Damien. Richie Reynolds. Hello, babe. <laughs> in Manchester, Ever Lodge up in the place. King Iris says, Ocho Rios checking in. Orville Reeves, Spain Town in the building says, Good night, money makers. Yeah, I love when the regulars join us, you know. The regulars, make sure you like up the video too, you know, because you know how it stays with the algorithm and YouTube and how this thing works. Hit the like button so that YouTube can tell more people to watch this video. Now, tonight's discussion is an interesting one because Trans Jamaican Highway stock is finally moving up after trading below IPO price for more than two years. And I know that has a lot of you excited. For many of you, that might have been your first dip into the investing pool, you just dip your toe, and it might not have been the best. Well, it wasn't the best because of the timing. You know, the pandemic hit right around that time, and then we had the listing, and ooh, it was not pretty for the past two years regarding the stock price. And so there was a lot of disgruntlement, but, you know, the entire stock market was down. So we have a lot to talk about, including where Trans Jamaica is now, what their plans are. Let me introduce Managing Director of Trans Jamaican Highway, Ivan Anderson. Hi, Ivan. Lila. Yes, good to have you on. First time on this show. I can't believe that we haven't had you on before. For two whole years, this company has been listed and it's our first time talking to you. Welcome to Taking Stock. Thank you. Thank you, Kalila. Afternoon to your listeners as well. 
and weathering this very tumultuous storm that has been COVID-19. I know it has had, and we can see it based on your numbers, not just the stock price necessarily, but the performance right. of the highway in 2020 in particular, when we had all the lockdowns right. and just a whole lot was going on. So tell, let's start there, because right. that's right when Trans-Jamaican Highway listed, right, right March 2020, which was, you know, the, the beginning of all of this, at least for Jamaica. What was that like managing this highway when basically nobody's traveling? Absolutely, Kalili, you're right. Um, the IPO was launched, I think, um, maybe the week before we had the first set of lockdowns. Um, and then we had some almost total closure of, of some of the parishes. Um, when we had the rising numbers in, in St. Catherine, for example, and we had a lockdown of St. Catherine, and obviously the Portmore toll, toll road goes through St. Catherine. So we had big impacts. I mean, the first few months we were down maybe 20, 25%. But the good news is, as the, as the lockdowns have eased, um, the traffic numbers have always recovered. So we are in a much better place than we were back then. So let's let's take just one step back at, right. because we have different highways in Jamaica. Right. So let's right. clarify for us which parts of Highway 2000 TJH actually operates. Right. So we operate what we call the East-West Highway, the PJ Patterson Highway, the section of the toll road which runs from Mandela Highway all the way down into Maypen and hopefully all the way into Mandeville um, shortly. So that's right, a section, so, including including the Portmore Causeway. I know right, you have some so interest I, in, in Mandeville. Um, so. I do. I do. <laughs> I travel that highway very frequently, at least two, three, four times a week. Right, I'm always right. on that highway. And I see the progress being made. I see the bridge now going up by right, May Penn. Right, Give right. us an update on where we are with that leg of the highway. When will that be done? Right. So that leg of the highway is actually being done by through NROC on, on behalf by the government of Jamaica. Um, so as part of our agreement, we have what we call a first right of refusal to acquire that section of the highway when it is completed. The current timeline, timeline that we have been given suggests that the highway, the Maypen to Williamfield section should be completed by about March of, of 2023. March, 2023, so we right. are a little bit Maybe less a than a away. year away right. from expected completion. Or is that NROC is doing it? So that means it's being done, it's local construction, local company. It's actually being done by check. Um, it is check, okay. It's part of the bigger South Coast Highway Improvement Project. So the entire South Coast Highway Improvement Project, including Harborview to Port Antonio, is included in one big project that check is doing. So that leg, the Harborview, Port Antonio, the St. Thomas leg, it, does that right. fall under TJH as well? No, no. So the, all of those roads are being done by the government of Jamaica. The only section that is going to be told is a section from, from Maypen to Williamsfield, which is a section that we have put in an offer price for. Okay. So, well, I'm very curious. Do you have an idea what the toll price might be when that time comes for that leg? No, but I think we, we anticipate that the toll rates per kilometer along the highway are pretty consistent. Um, so if you if you take an existing roadway, let's say from from Spanish Town to Kingston, and use the the rate per kilometer, that should give you an idea as to the kind of tolls that we will expect. Well, you have to break that down for me because I don't know what the rate per kilometer is. I think that <laughs> Maypen to Mandeville leg is is it about forty five kilometers? It's about 28 kilometers. It will be 20. Well, yeah. Once the road is done, right now it's about 45. Yeah. But yeah, once with the not highway, that long, but yeah, it's much longer on the existing road. Right. So the new road the will obviously bypass um, Clarendon Park, bypass Four Parts, bypass Scotts Pass, bypass Porus, bypass all of the problematic areas along that section of the road. Yeah. It should significantly reduce the, the travel time. So what's the existing uh, cost per kilometer? Let me do some quick maths here and try to figure out what it's going to be. Um, so if, if, you, if you take Spanish Town, for example, um, so Spanish Town is about $200, maybe $220, and Spanish Town is about 13 kilometers. 
So I'm, I'm trying to give you an indication as to what our toll rates are per kilometer, not to predict what the toll will be. Um, 220 divided by 13 kilometers, 1690 <laughs> per kilometer. Hold on, well, times 28. So we're looking at about $474. No, it won't, it won't be that much. It won't be that much. We don't expect it to be that much. We expect okay. that the toll rate will be affordable. Um, and it will be such that we encourage people to utilize the roadway. Okay. All right, good. Well, let's talk about, let's go back to COVID now, now that we have that out of the way. And that's a very interesting discussion. We probably should have you back on next year when that is open. But let's right. go back to the pandemic now. March of 2020, right. COVID hits, the highways are deserted. You just did an IPO. Investors right. are understandably not happy, many of whom are new because this was so heavily promoted. Did right. you feel like you were under a lot of pressure at that time? Um, you know, we, we have an excellent team. And from, from day one, we started to pivot to look at other possibilities. We started to look at ways that we could continue to improve the highway. Um, we know that COVID would not be forever. So we, during the period of time, we, we took a, a look at the infrastructure of the highway, the software of the highway, the software that we're using, um, how toll plazas work, and all of those things are now um, being put in place so that we can have a, a much improved product um, come, come this year. So you actually recorded a net loss of mm. 1.87 million US dollars mm. in 2020. Mm. And then 2021, you recorded mm. a net profit of almost 4 million US That's dollars correct. in the, the annual report. So what led to that dramatic comeback? Is it just that we were just driving a lot more again and things had improved? Right. Or so in, in terms of the strategy? Right. So in, in, in 2020, um, our traffic fell by maybe 15%. Um, but by 2021, we were back up 11%. Our 11, 11%. Um, traffic numbers are probably similar. So obviously, as you can anticipate, whenever we have a lockdown, um, especially the lockdowns like which took place in Portmore, those directly affect us. But as you ease the lockdowns, then traffic recovers very quickly. So in fact, in, in December, of, of 2021, we had our highest ever traffic volumes on the total. So we're recovering very quickly. The highest ever. Wow. So mm -hmm. people really, you know, had lockdown fatigue and started traveling. But how much did toll, the increase in the toll fee actually contribute to that? How much did the increase in toll fee contribute to our profit? Right. Right, so um, the, the, the toll rates that we charge um, our customers are obviously optimized to try and maximize revenues. So obviously we're, where we have less traffic, then we are less able to raise tolls as quickly. Um, but as, as the traffic comes back and the congestion begins to increase on the alternative roads, then it gives us an opportunity and gives our customers an opportunity to save time and to begin to use the, the toll roads once more. So you did raise fees last year? Yes. In, so in 2020, we did raise, raise tolls. Um, it was later than we would normally have raised tolls. But so typically we raise tolls once a year. Um, in 2020, we raised tolls in about September. Typically, we raised tolls in, in July. So the, the impact of, of COVID was really to delay the, the timing of the toll increases. Well, you know, there is always a, a big deal when mm. you are about to raise uh, the toll fees, or at least when you're right. sending out, because you're supposed to consult with the public and so on. Right. And when that, whenever that process is coming up, you always hear a lot of talk about, you know, uh, people am heartless and all of that. And then yeah, no. Right. So 2020, we had the pandemic, but right now, 2022 is the year of super high inflation and super high oil prices. And so people mm -hmm. who 
are in the transportation industry are really struggling with these high gas prices. Right, and so right. what are we looking at for 2022 in terms of uh, is there any consideration for keeping the toll fees the same or perhaps even lowering it based on the economic struggles that we're all facing right now? Well, one of the one of the interesting things, which I don't think a lot of, of people understand about the, the, the toll road and the concession agreement that we have, um, even, even where there are significant losses, even where we... Transjamaica is making losses. It does not impact on our ability to raise tolls. Um, so even if, we, if we're making a significant loss, we still it doesn't impact the toll, what we call the toll cap. So we are always constrained by the exchange rate. So as to the extent that the exchange rate is, is maintained at a, a constant level, and to the extent that the U.S. inflation rate is also low, then it's to the extent that we are not able to raise tolls very quickly, despite everything else that is happening around us. Um, this year, we, we've had an unusual scenario where we've had high inflation in the U.S., but that is not normal, and we don't expect that to continue. So if, if we have, for example, no change in the exchange rate and a 2% in U.S. inflation, which is what is normal, then our toll caps could not move by more than 2%. All right. So you said the exchange rate is really what it is based upon. But I see a comment here from one of our viewers. It's from Learn, mm -hmm. Grow, Invest. Wants to know if it also is tied to inflation. Right. The U.S. inflation rate, not the Jamaican US inflation, inflation rate. So typically, as I was saying, where U.S. inflation is typically 2%. Um, Last year, we had an anomaly in the U.S. inflation rates because of everything that is happening around us. But we expect that those inflation, U.S. inflation rates to come down. The dollar has been somewhat stable. So those things tend to limit um, or limit the ability to raise tolls. Mm. And obviously, we're... So, Go ahead. No, you, you finish the point. No, I was just saying... So, our, our business is to try and optimize, um, optimize revenues. So we want to set a tool which is, which is such that we can maximize the revenues that we receive. Um, it, it obviously doesn't make sense to have a highway with no vehicles on it. Um, so it's important that we provide a service um, that we are able to allow people to save time, which is our principal business. Right. So let's talk about growth opportunities for Trans-Jamaican Highway as investors, and most of the people who watch the show are investors, and they would have purchased this stock because of the potential for growth. If you look at, I mean, there are many areas in Jamaica that could use a highway, and the government has outlined this strategic plan to build additional roads as well, but we don't know which of those roads are going to be told. I don't know if you do, but mm -hmm. when I say told, I mean T-O-L-L-E-D. So the mm -hmm. South Coast um, Improvement Project to St. Thomas, that is not going to be a toll, a, a toll road, so there will be no revenue collected from that. But off the other legs, because the government wants to actually finish the entire South Coast, so go all the way Montego Bay, Negril, and right. all of that. Right. Are any of those going to be toll roads after you've well, the, the, the Mandeville leg? The, the next toll road is obviously the, the what was called the Montague Bypass um, project, which is actually underway now. I think the contracts were signed um, last year. That is not a Trans-Jamaica Highway project. It's a Government of Jamaica project that where they're doing um, the road around Montague Bay plus a, a road to bypass what is typically called Long Hill in Montague Bay going from Mont Montego Bay down to Mont to Montpellier. So approximately 25 kilometers of new toll roads, um, I think are expected to start maybe later next year or early next year. So what's the next Trans-Jamaica Highway project after Mapen to Mandeville? So, I mean, apart from those new projects, which the government is obviously looking at, um, and we're hoping to, to take part in some of those projects. We heard the Minister of Finance talking about a new private initiative to use the private sector to develop some additional roads between Montego Bay and Ocherius. 
they're not, I, we don't anticipate that they will be told in a traditional sense, but they'll be privately financed, we understand. And coming closer to home, there is obviously a lot of development taking place around, uh, between Kingston and, and Maypen. And so we are now finalizing plans to begin to open up the highway, open up more access onto the highway, um, open up some of the areas. Um, we, we see the, the new Phoenix Park development taking place around Bernard Lodge, which has a few thousand units. And so we're looking to open up access to Phoenix Park. One of your viewers was talking about Spanish Town. Um, so on St. John's Road, just a little bit west of Spanish Town, we're hoping to bring some new accesses on at Heartlands, which will alleviate the congestion for a lot of people coming from Old Harbour. And so we have a lot of projects like that lined up, um, some of which we expect to start in this year. Mm -hmm. Well, and coming back to that Maypen Mandeville leg, right. it's not, not right. just because I'm personally interested, although, <laughs> yes, I am watching with, with baited anticipation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But how will that impact your revenues? Like, what is the traffic expectation on that leg, and how much do you expect to earn in that first year, 2023, when it's opened? All right. So we anticipate, um, so typically we have, we have about 14,000 vehicles per day which travels through Maypen. And we expect similar numbers um, going through all the way to, to Williamsville in, in Mandeville. Um, the highway is, is approximately 28 kilometers. You're doing some maths before. It's, 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 it should have been 200 divided by 28. I think you did it the other way around. Um, but that's a kind of expectation which we have. We obviously haven't set toll rates yet. Um, we haven't applied to set toll rates yet. We haven't even gotten the, the highway yet. We're still in discussion with NROC about our first right of refusal in that regard. Um, so it's a little bit early, but just to give you an indication of the kind of traffic that we expect. Okay. Let me take some questions from the viewers because we have quite a few of them, starting with Strong Link. He says, good evening, investors coming in from Upper St. Andrew. Need to hear about what's happening. Uh, oh, okay, okay, sorry. That's a different topic. So we'll come back to that one a bit later. All right, here's one from Colette Brown. Colette wants to know, are there any plans to diversify, perhaps venturing into the real estate market within close vicinity of the highway? Excellent point, Colette. And, and we are actively looking at that as well. Obviously, we talked a little bit earlier about the, the new access points, um, especially in and around Spanish Town. We, we see the the, the large developments which are taking place at Bernard Lodge. So we are also looking at that possibility of become, you know, partnering with, with some of the developers and opening up even more access points along the highway. That's an excellent point, and we, we are right there with you, Colette. Okay, next question comes from, was this LeVar? Right, LeVar Henry says, what is this talk about charging persons walking on the toll road. I really don't see many people walking on the toll road. And for those who actually use the toll, it's to get to their farms. I heard that in the news. Right, I think that was a toll authority, um, a toll authority announcement. Um, obviously it's, it's illegal to, to have people walking on the toll road, um, especially on, on the East West Highway. Um, it's obviously very dangerous and we have a lot of, fatalities that we've seen on the, the highway have been as a result of people walking or trying to cross the toll road. It's obviously not something anybody wants to do, and we don't want to encourage it. Um, it is dangerous. I didn't know it was illegal. So that, that has nothing to do with T, TJH. That's the toll right. authorities purview. It has to do with the, the law. The toll road act precludes people, pedestrians, from crossing or using the roadway. Okay. All right. The next question comes from Demar, and this is a question that I also had on my radar, and this is about your dividend policy. So you would have seen in the opening segment of the show a clip from one of our analysts last week talking mm -hmm. about Trans-Jamaican Highway's dividend policy, and a lot of people have... Well, what the analyst was saying is that, uh, and I wanted to play back the clip, but we're having some technical issues bringing up that clip. So the point he was making last week is that because the stock price has not 
or had not appreciated over the past two years since IPO and investors didn't get that IPO pop that they've come to expect with IPOs, mm -hmm. then TransJamaica may have had a higher dividend policy than they may otherwise have had. And so the speculation was that now that the stock price is finally starting to appreciate, you might consider revising your dividend policy. So here's the question from Demar. Will TJH change their dividend policy to pay on a quarterly basis? And I also want to know, are you going to revise that down so that you pay less dividends going forward? Right. So the, the dividend policy that we had announced at the IPO was to try and maximize the payment of dividends. So we try and pay out all, all of the cash that, that TJH has, except for obviously for the cash that we, we need to retain for based on our financing agreements and the cash that we need to retain just for the investments that that we intend to to pursue i mean the dividends which the dividend dividend yield for trans jamaica is actually probably i think it's the second highest in the entire stock market i think last year we paid something like 7.25 percent so the dividend policy of, of tjh is obviously not related to the, the stock price per se it's related to um, the, the performance of the company, the plans that we have for utilizing funds and everything else um, we, we, we expect to pay out. So despite the, the impact of the pandemic, we paid, um, I think 6.6 .6 million US in dividends in 2020. We paid um, close to 7 million US of dividends in, in 2021. And we expect to continue to increase the amount of dividends that we pay. The next question comes from Steve, and this is a follow-up on what you were saying earlier about the toll fees being based on U.S. inflation. He wants to know what if there, sorry, U.S. inflation and the foreign exchange rate. What if there is a contraction in the U.S. and the exchange rate stays the same? All right, so as I said earlier, if there is no change in the U.S., if the exchange rate stays the same, if next year the exchange rate is still 155, let's just say, or they are out, and next year the inflation rate in the US is only 2%, then the cap, which is the maximum we can charge, cannot move by more than 2%. And if the inflation rate in the US was zero, then the cap couldn't move at all. So we are constrained um, by, by that, what we call a toll cap. We can't increase tolls higher than the toll cap will allow, regardless of, of what else is happening. The next question comes from Christopher, and he wants to know, given that the toll road is being expanded, will you look at adding gas stations to improve the convenience of travel while on the toll and increase your income streams? Absolutely. And then there's, so, a, there's, another, there's another question related from Leon, who wants to know about energy charging ports along the toll road. Right. So... Uh, we, we opened a, a gas station in, in Old Harbor um, a year ago, or, or two years ago. We are opening another one in Portmore in hopefully next year. We've started those discussions. We're also in discussions with um, charging station operators to establish charging stations on the highway. So yes, um, we're, we're already doing all of that. Okay, and we have another question here coming from Stronglink, um, and he wants to know, will the possible, or sorry, with the possible increase in EVs, electric vehicles, what is the expected impact on using the toll roads? Fuel savings will no longer be a significant savings factor. For whom, Stronglink? Fuel savings for whom? Um, I think that more impacts drivers than actual highway, but give me your perspective, Ivan. Um, so the, the, the toll road is really about saving people time. Um, I think people don't recognize how much time they spend sitting in traffic. So we don't expect. Oh, we they... recognize it. <laughs> we absolutely know how much time we spend, how much time we waste sitting in traffic. <laughs> so we don't expect the increase in EVs necessarily to impact impact our business. Okay. 
All right, so that is going to do it for us for this segment. Thank you so much for joining me, Ivan Anderson. You have Thank given you, us Kelly, a lot to me. contemplate in this discussion. And I wish you all the best with, uh, with Trans Jamaican Highway. We hope to see the stock price continue to appreciate. We hope the quality, maintain, uh, you're able to maintain the quality of the road so we don't have to suffer no pothole or nothing. And I hope <laughs> that the last, that the not the last leg, the next leg actually finishes ahead of schedule. Wouldn't that be something? Thank you very much, Kalila. And we look All forward right. to having you on our highway. And I look forward to driving on it, but not to paying the fees. <laughs> I have my tea tag. Don't worry. All right. Ivan All Anderson, right. Managing Director of Trans Jamaican Highway. So before we move on to our next segment, let us look at our, I want you guys to, of course, take our poll for this week. So here's our poll question. And it has nothing to do with TJH. It actually has to do with the whole Elon Musk and Twitter situation, which has been all the talk of the town for the past few weeks. And now that it is official and he is buying Twitter and taking it private. What are your thoughts? What do you think about that? Take our poll. It is in the community section of my YouTube channel. If you're using a mobile device, once you're scrolling through YouTube, you'll probably uh, buck up on it at some point in time, so take the poll. Or you can also leave your comments in the comments section here on YouTube as well, or on Facebook if you're watching us on Facebook. So what are your thoughts on Elon Musk buying Twitter and taking it private? Great, I'm expecting many improvements. Hmm, I don't like him having so much power. See, I don't care, or other, just leave a comment. Up next, we've got your market recap, and the analysts are standing by. Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. And download today. Register using your existing NCB online banking logging credentials. To open an account or get more info, contact our Wealth Hub today. Time now for your market recap. The Jamaica Stock Exchange advanced with a combined index advancing by only 800 points or less than half a percent. 116 stocks traded across both the main and junior markets of the JSC for the week ending Friday, April 29, 2022. 59 advanced, 46 declined, and 11 stayed the same. 165 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, totaling nearly $1.4 billion. Express catering was the most traded. It took up 21% of market volume. The stock lost two cents to open this new week at six dollars sixteen cents. Trans Jamaican Highway traded the second highest volume, with people buying nearly nine million shares in the company. The stock's price lost two cents to open the new week at one dollar sixty-one cents. And Wigton Wind Farm rounded out the most traded, taking up 5% of market volume. The stock gained 3 cents to open this week at 66 cents. Now let's see who else had the biggest gains for the week. 1834 Investments was last week's biggest gainer. The stock price jumped 47% to close last week at $1.25. Everything Fresh was last week's second biggest gainer. The stock price rose 40% to close last week at $1.75. And rounding out our biggest gains, Jetcon Corporation is up 27%. The stock was also April's second biggest gainer after I create ordinary shares. The stock was up nearly 77% to open May at $1.68. On the losing side now, Supreme Ventures was last week's biggest loser, down 17%, to close last week at $27.08. JMMB Group 7.25% VR JMDCR preference shares fell 13% to open this new week at $1.65. And rounding of the week's biggest losers, JMMB Group 7.5% lost 12% to close at 87 cents. Now here's a look at some of the highlights for the month of April. The main index advanced by nearly 3%. The junior market advanced by 5%. The financial index advanced by less than half a percent. And the manufacturing and distribution index advanced by nearly 5%. iCreate had the biggest gains in April. 
The stock price rose nearly 265% to close last month at $3.10. Wow. And rounding out April's biggest gains, Fosrich. Stock price rose 60% to open May at $28.22. On the losing side, Dolphin Cove dropped nearly 19% to end April at $21.05. Edifocal fell nearly 16% to open May at $3.11. And T-Tech dropped 10% to close April at $3.78. This segment of Taking Stock, The Analysts, is brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers. I am muted. <laughs> All right, let's do that again. I was saying time now for the analysts and I'm joined by investment research and sovereign risk analyst at JMMB Group, Leovani Dillon, business writer at The Observer, David Rose, and financial coach, founder and CEO of Profit Jumpstarter, Keisha Bailey. Welcome to all of you. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Y'all look fresh and clean. <laughs> I'm liking it. All right, so let us start with you, Leo. It's been a minute since I've seen you. Always good to be graced by your company. And uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Carib Cement Company. You've been analyzing this uh, particular company's uh, situation. Their growth, their profit growth has slowed down significantly because yeah. of rising fuel and electric electricity costs. Plus remember that whole royalty issue with their parent company, Trinidad Cement and Cemex, and that whole thing that caused the whole hurrah uh, a few months ago. So yeah. tell us what their latest numbers are looking at. What are the reports saying? Yeah, so if you look on the Q1 2022, so that's March 2022, what you're seeing is that the revenue is actually up. So that's about 14%. So I mean, that's good. Um, and then when you go all the way down to the bottom line to the profit, that's up about 4%. Um, so if you take a look at the line items, if you go through a bit here and you see other expenses, right? So you see there's a big jump there. So I'm going to that. And then on the plus side, though, you see you're seeing where lots on um, currency exchange and you see not decline here on the net finance income, uh, net finance um, income, sorry, but cost in this case. So that's down also, which is a plus, right? So if you drill down a bit, what you realize is happening is that gross margins, first of all, is at 46.6%. So that's down from 48.3% in March 2021. So when you drill down here, remember this number here, 204. So when you drill down and you look what makes up the other expense. Now, this is where you see that royalty um, and servicing fee, which is you know the whole thing that caused an issue a couple uh, months ago for the company in terms of the stock price um so that's 133 million right now if you add that back all else being equal keep the taxes everything at the same you just add that back you'd be looking at about a 13 percent increase in profitability um so you didn't get that instead you got four because of that um, of course all else being equal right so that's the major contention now of course as we know they settled at two percent and if you do the math on it you'll see this is about two percent of the, the revenue of the company in the quarter Right now, if you fast forward a bit here, and this is what we're talking about here, you had mentioned this earlier, fuel and electricity, that's up. So that's about a billion before, 1.1 billion, now that's at 1.3 billion. So you're looking at about a 19% increase here on the fuel expense. Of course, everybody knows why um, oil prices have skyrocketed. If you look on average WTI prices back in Q1 uh, 2021, it was around 50, 60 dollars a barrel now of course we're well above that right so i mean that is expected and carb cement would be a heavy use of energy so you know nothing changes there you know that's what we expect so that is the net result so let's take a quick look now on how investors reacted so we saw where the q1 numbers came out it got a little bump higher and then the stock is down now no not big 
was its tone. They see it's down 2% for a year, um, under, of course, underperforming the main market, right? Now, if we zoom out a bit, then you see the performance of the Carib cement over years. It's done fairly well for investors because, well, I don't know many of the viewers within the market around these times, you know, the 2016 and so when the stock was really hot. Well, I just saw somebody commenting, I just saw somebody commenting, uh, Leo, that they yeah. had an opportunity in 1987 to invest in carb cement and they didn't take it, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine. I mean, yeah, this, this, I remember being in the market at that time and the stock was trading at less than a dollar. So, I mean, and of course at the high, this was at 120. So, I mean, it's done fairly well. In the recent times, not so much, because you saw when the whole press release of the royalties come in, Around here, you can see a steep fall off um, since then. Uh, so if you look on the price movement over that time, so 2015, remember I was talking about that 2015? The stock was up almost 700% in a year. That's 122% in just October alone. So it was a very hot year for the stock. Um, and of course, more recently, since that press release, you can see the fall off in November, 26.9%, 15% in December, and then ended the year only 11. It was starting the year strong, but of course, since that news hasn't been doing so well, and then you see that here. So, I mean, overall, um, oh, and then just finally here, that's a quick touch now on the valuation of the stock over time. If you're looking at the PE, it's quite volatile, especially because, you know, there's fears when it swings from, you know, weak quarters. So you see a lot of spike and, and fall off here in the PE multiples. More recently though, you can see straight about 13.2 times earnings. And that's very cheap compared to historical levels. So if you look on it on a one-year, three-year, five-year average basis, you can see that's relatively cheap. Um, and again, that might be a reflection of how prices are feeling about the stock, given the headwinds that they're probably seeing ahead. And to the final point, just to give investors an idea, especially retail investors, an idea of what liquidity is like, you can take a look here and you can see that the average daily value traded not, not the, the money, not the unit, the, the value, actual value of the shares um, is over like $2 million. So, I mean, it's not really in, in 2022 so far. In 2021, you have over $8 million on an average day, on an average day, so it's averaging it out here. But, um, so I mean, for institutional investors, I mean, this is not a, not a lot of money, but for retailers, most retail investors, it's a fairly um, liquid stock for them, right? So, yeah. So, that's just a big, um, broad context of the company and what's happening. So, of course, overall, what you're seeing is that persons are not so excited um, with the earnings. So, even the run-up and you know, the following the numbers weren't so hot and then thereafter. Um, so, I mean, it kind of looks lukewarm numbers. I mean, it could be worse because if, if there's, there's a lot of headwinds in the, in, the, in the making. So, for example, you know, you have the increasing interest rates. That, of course, could, you know, impact construction which would have an impact on them and of course the royalty fees are additional expense which you can see is weighing on profitability in a material way and many of higher energy prices so there's a lot of things that going against them but the company has still managed to put up decent revenue um decent profit growth marginal but you know some increased profit growth so i think it was a it's an okay number i guess um it does give some credence to why you're seeing a back off in the stock price because again the stock was over 100 plus it's royalty news come out and then you have this far back and then you can see now in hindsight that decline was justified um given what we're seeing right now in um, with the stock mm. Mm -hmm. interesting stuff thanks for that yeah. update uh to leo so another thing that we saw in the news over the past week was Sagicor Investments Jamaica Limited. They've entered into an agreement to purchase the Securities Dealer Book of Business from Alliance Investment Management Limited. And all that simply means is that they're going to be taking over Alliance Investments client list. So David, give us the expected impact of this. What, what, break that down for us. What's happening there? So I recall that, you know, Alliance Investment Management, Alliance Finance, along with the principals were charged back in December by the FID. And, you know, Alliance Financial Services was suspended. And, you know, Sajikor came in, rescued Alliance Financial Services and bought Alliance Financial Services. Sajikor is continuing their lucky streak, in other words, in just getting this other acquisition because they're not acquiring the company to get the client book of Alliance is pretty valuable because we have this into context 
although we don't know the company's relative client list base in terms of their net asset, their net worth or so forth, Alliance Investment Manager was a company that you know took on quote unquote retail clients to that extent. So you're talking about the potential for you know some very high earth clients coming to Satric Work now. We're going to be integrating Satric Work Group. So you know you have the banking arm as well, the investments arm and so forth. When you get Satric investments, it's going to be a significant boost for one to you know your assets under management. And as you know, as you say, they manage for different companies, for, for, for different parties and so forth. So, you know, for example, to put in the context, Sajikor Investments manages 222.67 billion in 2021, which includes Sigma funds, proprietary funds, Sajikor Select funds. So to have all those new clients coming on is future income streams that are going to trickle down later on. And they put Sajikor with a new update earlier today on the JSC, the software tickets occurred where they explain they can disclose transaction price of the Alliance Financial Services Limited transaction because of certain price sensitive time bound transactional terms, which basically means it's more likely a what you'd call a clause in place so that if Alliance was to bounce back, better say, and do 200% above last year, for example. That the former owners would get compensation for you know the company in that perspective in essence. So it's actually a very good strategic group Jamaica overall, which in turn impacts JMB Group Limited and in turn proving investors limited. So continued growth, positive benefits to other companies and shareholders in turn for all three. Mm. So I know you said that Alliance Investments, they're looking at getting, uh, with Sagicor taking it over, they are likely going to be taking a lot of high net worth clients that Alliance Investments has. Alliance IPO never did go through, so we're not necessarily privy to what Alliance does have or did have. Well, um, have uh, an... in my article, I actually mentioned that. So... They actually did publish their audit financials on the website, but the last year, it was 2016, you know, the Alliance Investment Management had about $100 million in net profit. They had an asset base of $6.87 billion. Uh, five, Wait, never let me ask the question. I didn't, that's right. not what I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you have an idea of how many customers they actually have, or how many customers Sagicor is going to be acquiring from Alliance. Well... That's something that we wouldn't be privy to in a sense. Right. But they were a private right. company before. But if it's a, it's a, the reality is the number of clients is not necessarily material to the actual value they bring. So that's a bit a better angle to look at it from. Because although you can have a thousand, one, 10, 000 clients bringing $100 million, if you have just five clients bringing $100 million alone, then you're still being go as a company. So this should be a, a big boost for Sagicor, at least for their investment arm. Agreed. And, you know, it feeds back through the overall group as well, because they can also sell cross-sell other services to those clients. True, true. I noticed that Sagicor has stopped offering one of their, I think it's their ePay product. No, I it's the MyCash card. MyCash, MyCash. And I suppose that's because of the acquisition of some similar services by Alliance. Well, we don't know because this was actually announced back in February that they were going to, you know, stop discounting the MyCash card. And the thing is, I mean, there was a, a deal with Digicel, so we don't know, you know, if this was prior to the announcement of the Lens transaction or, you know, what, what, when this was actually made to scrap the MyCash card. But Sajikor said, you know, the Lens card portfolio that was there before suspension, it moved to Sajikor Bank. So, so all the Sajikor acquisition of the alliance entities between financial services and investment management is all being accretive to the bank and investments arm, which you know just feed up to the overall group's ingenuity. Well, and Alliance did have a, a prepaid Mastercard product as well. So correct. do you know what's happening with that one? No, that's I said. So the card portfolio that Sajikor acquired, they're giving it to the banking arm. So. Instead of running two parallel card portfolios, oh, gotcha, they're gotcha, just gotcha. going to move it to the banking arm. The Sajikor Bank could get that portfolio and it's built out from it. Because what happened was that Alliance had gotten the EP portfolio, which is Norbrook Equity, 
and what type of network equity, you know, went with JMB Group, in this case, JMB Bank, to offer by their ePay card services. But when it came on to the, the co-branded MasterCard ePay services, uh, that's going to Sajikura Bank. So, you know, you have JMB getting the ePay alliance with Norbrook. You have Sajikura getting the Master co-branded MasterCard plus remittance and can be business from Alliance Financial. So, you know, the different parts are basically filtering through the financial system in different means right now. Mm. Well, thanks for the updates, David. One more update, Kalila. Uh, a little birdie told me yesterday that carbon cement is actually increasing prices again on cement this month. Oh. It's not surprising, given where we are with inflation, with oil prices. It's not surprising, but it's you know disappointing. Fifteen percent year-to-date increase, <laughs> and when cement goes up, cement block prices go up, and you know when I read it. Their parent companies results last week. They said they're doing their second round of increases for this particular region, which represents 30% of cement volume sold. And the thing is, Carry Cement hasn't indicated if cement sales have actually plateaued or actually decreased because our revenue went up about quote unquote 14%. Was it a function of the price increase or is it a function of increased volumes? So that's a question that Carry Cement needs to answer because if we look at the QT numbers when they come out in August and see revenue go, for example, 25%. Was that function of the price increase in right now or just, just the volumes? So that's a bit of a question because with the J Bank right now increasing the loan rates already. So it's a very delicate balance right now because housing prices going up, loan prices going up. What about the construction market? Oh. 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 It's all woe, trickling woe down now. Woe is us. Keisha, please tell me I have some good news for us over on the U.S. market. S&P 500 companies. Tell me what's going on with them. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to just give a brief summary of what's been happening so far. It's earnings season. So good time. We're reporting on Q1 of 2022. So, so far inside the S&P 500, we have 275 companies that have reported 80% of these have reported earnings that are above estimates. So that's a good thing. The, um, the earnings are doing better than Wall Street anticipated. And they're also doing better than the long-term average, right? So that's also positive. We have 160 more companies that are going to be reporting this week. So it's another big week for earnings. But what I wanted to draw everyone's attention to was just the breakout, which sectors have been outperforming so far in terms of earnings this year. So I'm going to share my screen here. All right. Uh, I am looking at just the earnings growth rate for Q1 from FactSet. This is a research database. What we have here so far, energy, no surprise, is mm -hmm. the top um, perform in terms of earnings growth. The energy sector, all these energy and oil companies, then materials and industrials come in second. But you know what, Keisha, I feel like taking stock needs to visit Guyana because of the whole <laughs> energy thing. And Guyana has oil making their first exports and where energy prices are now. I feel like we need to, to take a trip down there. What do you say? See what, what, yeah, that, that would be very good for the economy there then, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, continue. Sorry, that was right. my, energy, I, I energy, energy, big performer this year so far. Main thing here, the banks haven't been doing that well. Banks and the consumer discretionary, and no surprise because with consumer discretionary, high inflation, people are cutting back. They're not spending as much on these luxury items. And then with financials, what's been hurting financials is um they diversified banks let me call it that the banks like the goldman sachs where they're making the bulk of their income from investment banking they're suffering because they aren't seeing that many deals but the commercial banks that are doing what i'm um, lending they're doing well so far so so far mixed bag energy clearly in the lead and then financials which we expected to have a nice year going into 2022 so far has not been performing that well so I'll stop sharing. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yes, but you also made a point, or I saw this article that also made a point that the companies with more global exposure are reporting higher earnings growth. So what companies are, are those? Right. So your typical mega cap tech companies, your apples of the world and so forth, where a large proportion of their revenues are global, they are doing better. The thinking is that because of the war with Russia and Ukraine, we would expect then that companies with global exposure should be hurt and that the domestic companies, the US companies would do better, but that is not the case. What's happening is that these companies, the global companies are more resilient. They have stronger pricing power. And so they're being faring better than the domestic companies that aren't as able to pass on prices to consumers that effectively. So that's the, the anomaly there, going a little beyond the expectations. And any update on Twitter's stock price? You've been following? Yeah, I did have a trade on that last week. <laughs> that was a, a nice short trade. Um, it's gone up, but I traded right at the announcement on that one. So the main thing with Twitter, it's looking now to see, will the deal go through? And kind of going through those different hurdles. Will Elon Musk follow through on this deal? He's received um, financing already. He sold some of his shares to make up the balance. So it's right. just going through the different regulatory and legal hurdles with that. Yeah, so. he sold off a large uh, stake in yeah. the Tesla stock. Yeah. Thank you for those updates, everybody. Leo, David, Keisha, much appreciated. To our viewers, stick around. I'm going to take a few more of your comments when we come back. And I'm also going to tell you what to look out for on the platforms this week and beyond. So stay with us. And remember, also encouraging you to hit the like button. And to the analysts was brought to you by Jamaica Money Market Brokers. Hey, moneymakers, you're not an official part of the family until you have your merch. Visit kalilareynolds.com store to order your t-shirt and your mask today. Let's get this money. All right, so let's take a look at some of your comments, uh, starting with one from Richie Reynolds. No bias here. <laughs> Richie says, I think shareholders are fed up with Carib Cement because they basically took the dividends and paid it to their parent company in royalties. So yeah, people were not very happy with that. And we have seen the reflection of that policy. Stronglink says, Alliance has several high net worth clients. This therefore should be a boost for Sagicor. And then Stronglink again commenting on real estate, saying real estate would have been good if you are in already. So when interest rates were low and trending lower and lower and lower, now that they're going higher, Cement prices are going higher. Real estate is possibly going to appreciate even further. Um, he so strongly said this is a good hedge against these inflationary prices. So the past maybe five years, when real estate, when sorry, when when interest rates were particularly low, uh, looks like it would have been the best time. But you can never predict the future. What would happen? Interest rates were trending down and down and down. And then boom, pandemic hits. And then boom, we have global inflation and oil prices going to where they are now. So yeah, that's where we are in the year 2022. So let me tell you what's coming up on the platforms on the channel this week. Tomorrow, we have Money Moves, J.A., and we're talking about how to find your niche. How do you figure out if you're looking to start a business and you're just trying to figure out what type of business should I start? You're interested, you feel like you have this entrepreneurial drive, but you're not quite sure what to do. This episode is for you. Tune in tomorrow. The episode premieres at 7 p.m. on YouTube and Instagram. And then we also have a special feature that premiered last night about First Rock hitting a billion dollars in asset. That episode is live now. You can watch that on the channel right now. First Rock hitting a billion dollars in assets. And then later, I'm not sure if it's going to premiere this week, but look out soon for a new limited series called Biz Talk, brought to you by the Ministry of Industry, Investment, and Commerce. When I say limited series, I feel like Netflix, you know. I feel like it's a streaming service that I'm running here. You know, all of the limited series that Netflix we have in. Well, Biz Talk is a, 
uh, it's going to be a seven-part series uh, looking at various functions of the Ministry of Industry, Investment and Commerce, including some things that they have, some exciting things that they have coming up. So that's our show for this week, reminding you, of course, to hit the like button. Thanks for watching. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, and share with a friend. You can share very easily. Hit the share button on YouTube, on Facebook, or you know, share it via WhatsApp, via email, however you prefer. Also, subscribe to the newsletter if you are not subscribed yet. We have some interesting things coming up with the newsletter. You would have seen the document that we sent out a few weeks ago. We're going to have some more informative information like that exclusively for our newsletter subscribers. And I can tell you what we're working on right now for the newsletter is a comparison of the best credit cards in Jamaica. So you definitely want to be subscribed at kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter to get that document, that PDF when it drops. Reminding you as well that new email subscribers also get a copy of our free broker guide. And of course, turn on those post notifications so that you can be the first to see all my other features. For those of you asking about the Jamdex promo, still waiting. Whenever we know, you will know. That's how it is. And of course, like I said, stay tuned to the newsletter. That's where you get all the updates. I'm going to have a Mother's Day promo code for the masterclass coming up. And again, the newsletter is where it's at. We want to help people learn more about money so we can all get this money together. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kalila Ray and follow at TakingStockJA on Instagram. Actually, that's now at KRM underscore Business News on Instagram. If you want to connect with the analysts this week, check the description box below for their contact information. Also visit our website, kalilareynolds.com, for financial information you can use however you like it. Watch, listen, or read. Now, tell a friend about taking stock because investing is what? The new sexy. So let's make it cool to talk about money. I'm Kalila Reynolds. Until next time. Let's get this money. <laughs>